You're listening to the Radical Departures podcast, your source for startup storytelling. I'm your host, Abby Klein. On the show, I interview entrepreneurs and other professionals from throughout the French and greater European startup ecosystems. We look at some of the interesting new developments that have taken place in France over the last few years and how the country is developing into a startup nation. On Radical Departures, you'll hear founders of some of the hottest companies share their stories and important things they've learned along the way. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. This is episode 44 of the Radical Departures podcast. My guest today is Hajar Shokairi, associate of En Orient, or On Orient, a mixed-media website that highlights lesser-known artists of all sorts from North Africa and the Middle East. Hajar and her co-founders started the project in 2013 and have since built out the platform to include cultural consultancy services as well. They write detailed articles, host podcasts, build playlists, curate exhibitions, screen their documentary, and much more with En Orient, all of which you can find at enorient.com. That's O-N-O-R-I-E-N-T dot com. In this episode, Hajar and I discuss the complexities of running the media while she's also employed as an innovation consultant, insights about feeling at home while far from home, reasons they started on Orient, how she sees it shape-shifting in the future, and more. So without further ado, here's episode 44 with Hajar Shokairi. My guest today is Hajar Shokairi, associate of On Orient. Welcome, Hajar. Thank you. What is On Orient? And tell us, how did you get to be where you are today and do what you're doing? So On Orient is actually a web magazine and a cultural agency. And so it started in uh, 2013 in Morocco as a blog. And so the reason why it started is just that we had like a lot of information shed on the Arab Spring, on the cultural perspective, like street art in, in Egypt, uh, like a lot of stuff happening in music as well. So this period was really covered well in the media, but then we never like had information before that and not after. And so we wanted to create like a platform that gathers something as different as the Nubian music and Moroccan street art and all this in one web magazine that makes everybody able to get this information in all geographies. So it was mainly online. And then in 2015, it actually evolved a bit from this blog of like a bunch of, of friends to, to an actual uh, media trying to be more consistent and publish really frequently. And it's, it's when the whole actually idea of business and startup started. You don't only write, it's also other media as well. Exactly. So we, in the beginning, we were more in the editorial part, also like uh, having some carnet de voyage uh, to have something more personal as well and uh, society opinion oriented articles. And then step by step, we added other media. So we had some videos and now we have a, a monthly radio. In each episode, we have an interview of artists and also chronicles and other stuff. So what was your personal interest in starting this? It's you and you mentioned you're an associate there. So there are other co-founders as well. 
Exactly. So the project team evolved from 2013 to today because we had like, uh, it was all in the beginning volunteers. So we had a lot of waves of uh, people that involved themselves in, in this. So for me, I was there from the beginning as an editor because uh, I was like friend with the three people that created the, the media that were really in the journalism in Morocco and the blogosphere and Twittersphere, etc. From then, I was not in Morocco, I was, uh, because I'm Moroccan, <laughs> and I was in, uh, in France. And I wanted to find a way to keep in contact with my country and my culture while not being there and trying to promote what's happening not only in the region, but also with the diasporas. And so it was, I think, a, a really personal uh, way for me to keep in touch with the culture because it's the most intangible thing that you can carry with yourself, you can share with other people. And I think it was really emotional in the beginning. And so step by step, I met two other girls that are like now the associates. One uh, is Eva Tapiro, which is uh, a journalist, actually also ex-lawyer. She grew up in France and everything, but she always felt... Arab, which is so funny because she's actually Jewish and her family is from Algeria and it's a lot of mixed <laughs> things. There. So it's really funny when she tells you about it because it's something that she had like deeply rooted. And then so she did a whole trip and project to really find herself back. And she involved her, herself in Honoria as an editor as well. And then we decided to really team up to make it evolve for, to another thing. And then there's Sarah Meloul. Uh, she's a French with a Moroccan descent. And it's the same story, the same story of feeling connected with the region and trying to make uh, all the cultural uh, wealth of it visible to others, visible to ourselves. And so it's funny because it's two ways, two bonds with the region that are really different. But somehow, I think it's also what globalization creates. It's, it creates uh, like mixed culture. Of course, some have more their, the way of existing than others because of economic differences, etc. And also there's the internet and it just makes you able to connect with anybody from Paris to Beirut to Casablanca. And uh, this was all on Orient. And uh, this is actually how we teamed up to launch this startup project. Have you gotten feedback since the beginning from people of the diaspora of these various places? that feel like you are kind of bringing the culture to light in a way that they feel is needed here in France, elsewhere as well. What has been the response from people in the countries themselves and also who are, have left and been relocated? It's really interesting because I think I sometimes had more like gratefulness or like you felt feel more, more impact from people that were dragged like French, 100% French, but grew up with people from other cultures but never understood everything about them that was like actually this uh, what I'm telling about is really in Paris and in France but more in Paris saying wow I discovered the word I didn't know that many things that were happening I have a friend I have a friend that, that makes me think of this etc and uh, I think this was really most moving uh, things that people uh, said to us the people from the diaspora I think of course it's a content that they also appreciate because Sometimes they don't even know themselves, this culture. And usually when you connect more to your culture, when you're not there. Yeah. So it's exactly the right thing for them. I was in the U.S. as well for doing exchange. And I was in the Arab Association of my uh, university. And when I presented this to them, I dragged <laughs> new people, new editors. So I think it's something that connects people really quickly. And, and I felt it everywhere. And in the countries, it's a bit different because what we are showcasing is more the emerging alternative art. And so actually people don't really, the scene that is consuming this is not existent yet. So you have really small spheres, uh, microcosms that exist, but don't really have space. 
and there's the institutional art with a lot of money and no one sees it. And so there's a bit of discrepancy. So we are, I think the impact of, on the countries is more intangible sometimes than the, the impact here. And also that's why we try to really focus for the moment on a strategy in Paris and then try to use what we can collect from it to do like more workshops, more like local things, because it's, I mean, it's where we get our, everything from. So. so if you're focusing on these sort of avant-garde, you know, artists and musicians, and you are based in Paris, how do you find these people? It was more in Morocco, so we were more like close to local things. And then in 2015, we did a whole project uh, whose name was Honor et Tour, and whose aim was actually to say, okay, we are uh, behind the screens. We are mainly from diaspora, so a lot of people in, um, in France, a lot of some people in Canada, and etc. And now we want really to have people on the ground, and but like regular people writing on the ground. We called this project so Norian Tour, and it was an itinerant project of five months, writing articles on the platform about artists and cultural spaces, and also having one question that we ask to all cultural actors and artists to mm. do a documentary. And so it lasted. Uh, five months and it was crazy for a lot of perspectives. It was the moment when we really bonded with people locally. Uh, we created our network of people mm. and also we reinforced our network of uh, editors because now we have like editors in Morocco, Algeria, Egypt, Tunisia and Lebanon. So this is our main region covered and we're still trying to have editors in Jordan and in the Gulf. But it's where we also have our readers. So we, all, we have people like, like just yeah, being in contact with what's happening, trying to also detect like uh, trends and yeah, really on the ground. And what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in getting it sort of to go from blog to more official media project? This project is evolving every day. This is the interesting and challenging part because When we wanted to move from the blog to this itinerant project that we funded, like we had 10k euros to fund this project. So it was like really like we did some grants uh, seeking and we have a whole uh, thing prepared for that. And some people did not believe in it. So mm. in the team, did not believe in it, didn't, didn't want it to be funded by external partners that will tell us what to do, uh, didn't know that we could negotiate with people and it's not that way. So the first step was already a big thing. And then going from this project to the startup, it was also a big challenge because you have to make people believe in it. You have to create a team. And of course, like for in each step, people left and it's how it goes. So right, it's, it's more an internal, yeah, internal challenge to try to have a vision, try to motivate people and around something. This is one of the biggest challenges. I think the other one is kind of evident. It's just we are culture initiative in a niche region. So it's also what makes us like strong. But at the same time, it's sometimes difficult because it's a really small circle mm. of people. And it's a circle that are in the associative world trying to get money, etc. So it's difficult to have a business model when it's that small. And so we had to broaden also our horizons to try to think of new things to do and um, switch and pivot a bit uh, on the project. In addition to the media, do you do events? Yes. So actually, we, for this project that I told you about, the Honorian Tour, we made a documentary. And so it's, it, we all like produced it and everything ourselves. It was all homemade. And uh, we did projection and debates uh, in an interactive way to, from Morocco to Jordan. So Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Lebanon. Actually, Jordan is still being on negotiation. In Paris, I think we had six events about 
like this documentary and bring in a debate. And we had like the interactive thing was to, that we, since we showcased it in so many countries, we wanted to have like the reaction of the audience put in words bubble to try to show how it was welcomed, especially because the question of the documentary was, what does it mean to be Arab? Hmm. And it was really complicated question that we asked in, uh, in six countries and we had really different reactions. So. What were some of the most common ones? Some people said, uh, I don't know. And a lot of people like that are in the Arab countries don't see themselves as Arab and mm. they don't intellectualize it. Whereas in the Western world, it's just evident and it's a word that we don't question. But mm. in the region, people don't. So I think the common thing was, I don't know. And then some people answered. We had also strong reactions, like people saying, I don't label anybody. I don't want to say Arab or not Arab. And uh, having really negative reaction because mm. I think the word has now a lot of negative connotations. And also a lot of the artists that we ask this question to were trying to show what the other cultures that we don't see. So mm. the Nubian culture, the Berber, you know, for them it's more matter than uh, just like talking about what is to be Arab or not to be. And you are also, one of the elements you mentioned is that a cultural agency. Yes. So what does that mean? Unpack that a little. Uh, the cultural agency, actually, we are building it because we are incubated in uh, media incubators in uh, Paris and Co. Uh, with the Ministry of Culture, INA, BNF, CELSA and IFP. And so we are actually developing some concept that we want to test and validate uh, maybe the one or two that will be our real business. And so we are providing some communication campaigns as partnership with the production companies in the cinema, with the small brands, some small cultural brands or uh, just kinds of or craft brands. So like giving them the whole coverage on our media and, and access to our community. We also have creating services. Uh, so for example, we are working right now with a startup called Singulart. And so their motto is to give access to the art that we cannot have access to, like uh, bridging the frontiers of art. And so it's an online gallery and we are creating a whole collection for them. And uh, so that's uh, also a partnership that just is consistent with what our vision of giving access to this culture. This is the creating part. And the other part is more on the events, organizing events for with or for uh, in the cultural industry, the museums, uh, these kinds of, uh, of things. Another thing that we're trying to develop as well is consulting because we have backgrounds that are really different in the team and we are trying to uh, capitalize on it. But of course, the consulting is a more long-term project that uh, has not the same temporality as the, the other things. So say a little bit more about what it is that you do in your day job because this is still at your other project. In my other life, I am an innovation consultant at BlueNav. So it's a company that provides serve, uh, like innovation offers to company, big companies, trying to make them in like to create a relationship between them and uh, the startup ecosystem, doing hackathons, uh, creating labs of innovation, fab labs, etc. For this job, this day job, I'm working on uh, for Africa. So I'm working a lot with Morocco. Ivory Coast, uh, Algeria. So it has links actually with there's the, some overlap. Yeah, there's mm. some overlap. And actually, uh, there will be a big overlap normally because with my job, we are creating uh, some design fiction workshops on the perspective design workshop, uh, trying to have a positive uh, vision of uh, the future on thematics like education, future of education, etc. with the idea of defending another vision than different than the Black Mirror vision. <laughs> we will do this uh, with Honorian for uh, North Africa first on Arab uh, futurism and uh, uh, Sub-Saharan Af Africa as well. 
And it's really interesting because it makes the link between my two words, the culture and the innovation kind of word. And so I'm really excited about yeah. <laughs> this part. Is the content on the site on Orient, is it only in French? Yes, it's only in French. We have a category that is in, in English, but mm -hmm. we have like uh, dozens, a dozen of articles there. We are trying to introduce the, some articles that are more analytical and that are not on a hot topic to, mm -hmm. to have uh, some base. We would wish to have it in Arabic, but uh, yeah. so far, it's uh, since we are focusing in, to, in the French market, it's not really the priority uh, to have it in Arabic, even if, of course, it's what we defend is to be accessible. in. Right. It also sounds like something that would be a ton of interest to, in the US, at least, yeah. in this, mm -hmm. in the UK, I'm sure, as well. Just a, a resource issue yeah, of yeah, translation. Yeah. Exactly, and, yes. Yeah. It's a yeah. classic we, startup uh, yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking about that, so you are an association. Yes. So what is the future like funding-wise? What do you see? So far, we, are, we don't really feel the need of going, of creating a business because we are still testing the model and we are still trying to see, okay, what are the services that will work? What is the one that working more than other? And also this logic of capital that you gain when you create a company and you, cannot, you can bet on the, the company versus work for it and mm. uh, just get the money and share it and don't have the investment part would be interesting when we will, I think, be m more secure about the model. So we are, I think by the end of this year, we will have to make uh, at least uh, like have a conclusion about what we uh, tested because the program, so the incubating program was six months one. We started in March. It's uh, It will finish in uh, the end of September. And so normally by the end of the year with all the, you know, the, the accompaniments that we have, we'll be able to know. But so far with the, the cash that we get and we don't need to create a business. I mean, we did the incubating program with this purpose. Mm -hmm. So we're just like waiting for the right time. And that's the, the, one of the main things in the startup is that we are a, a young team and its career paths are also crossing the thing. So we need to be sure of who to build that with. If it has, how has doing this project, how has creating this and doing the tour and all of En Orient, how has it changed your perspective on being away from your home country, on living abroad, on being a citizen of the world at large. How has it changed your worldview in general? It's definitely the fact of uh, not feeling itself connected with one country is definitely one conclusion because now Morocco is still my home country, but I feel myself in, at home in Algeria, in a lot of countries that I traveled uh, to in. It made me really want to fight for it more because when you see like for this culture and for the promotion of this culture when you see how the today we are like all using the internet like thinking that we find everything in it and it's totally false and mm. the bias is about you know what we can get the information we get the how it's redirected and all the algorithm and everything it makes you realize that a lot of things are disappearing look just look at the coding uh, languages it's all english mm. it's not even i mean it's latin the alphabet is Latin, but it's more than this. In, mm. More than this, it's English. So anyone that wants to code and to participate in this like society of information needs to know this alphabet to be able to do that. And point. it's yeah, and it's it's a big thing that I mean, it can be with Orient, with my work, with whatever. I think it's just made me realize that since I am, I know the, the languages, I know people, I know I have a network of people. I can do things with this passion that I have and uh, it's almost as a duty I, I know this notion is a bit uh, complicated but it's yeah for me it's almost feels this way you mentioned that the incubation period is going to end in September what yes. else do you have coming up what else is in the, the near future and what are you working on right now 
so far we did a lot of campaigns of communication so we are really proud that you know like we were featured on big big films going out in Paris and so we are really proud on this part and we are also working uh, as i said previously with this uh, singular uh, uh, startup uh, like creating a, a gallery and we also want to give access to our readership to this virtual gallery where they can buy uh, art from algeria from uh, turkey from another region and we want to also curate uh, more art from people that are not even selling it uh, online today to this startup so this is one one big thing And also the documentary is still traveling. So we are doing um, one uh, big like closing of our project and the whole documentary uh, showcases in uh, Marrakech in uh, December with the, the Museum of African Contemporary Art that was just created one year ago. And so it will be a, a big thing for us to close this project and try to envision uh, the future of, uh, of it. That's pretty much it. And what do you see more broadly If you could decide exactly what you wanted, how would you see it evolve? What do you see as like the, not the end game, but like your, your major goal with this? My dream for that would be to have like a, a culture incubators, not mm. like to put, to have the link between artists, try to show them how to showcase their, their work, how to make it grow, how to connect them with other people in the region. And also have this more entrepreneurial part that we developed ourselves, finding new cultural projects to promote people. For example, this tour was something for us that we really find innovative in the way that we had people like connected with us during five months. Like uh, we, we had Carnet de Voyage, we had a lot of stuff. So for me, we need a, a space to connect all these people and maybe even more than just the cultural incubators have a, a minority cultural incubators. Minority is a term that we can discuss as well, but For me, the link between art and innovation is something that could be our future. If we just stay on the cultural field, we can be a media, of course, but media, they are dying, all mm -hmm. dying. That's my vision maybe on, the, on this. So, Hajar, thank you for joining me. I have one more question for you before you go. How do you personally define success? For me, success is just being always in the curve of trying to do better on your ambition. And your ambition needs to be connected with your passion. You never reach it, actually, but you just have it in mind all the time. Thank you. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of Radical Departures. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. And let us know who you'd like to hear on the show. Catch you next week. <laughs>